Welcome to episode 10 of The Bar Dizzle, your weekly reminder that regular people, just like you can rise up, become relevant and make a great podcast. Those people aren't on this show of course, but when we meet them we'll be sure to point them out to you. Instead, you'll have to settle for Dave and Scott as they continue on their journey to make it to the podcast A list. Currently, they're at a C+, but they're working hard. As usual, the boys will chat beers, cheers and mix in random thoughts. And today, another special guest has somehow been bamboozled into speaking live with us. So it's on to show number 10 and Dave, make sure to untie our guest after the interview. Thanks Dessa, will do. I'm feeding him peanut butter whiskey and he seems to be holding up just fine. <laughs> Scott, uh, I know it probably won't be a perfect 10 tonight, but we can strive for it, can't we? Dave, I'm thinking an 8.5 from the Russian judge works for me. <laughs> yeah, those guys over there are always the toughest. So onward we go with Roman numeral X in the Bar Dizzle series. Scott, why don't you get your eyes, Roman, on the show content <laughs> list tonight and uh, lay out what's on tap for number 10. Yeah, thanks, Dave. So we, we've got a, another special guest, thanks to you. Uh, we're going to dive into some interesting talk around one of your friends, Richard Myers, whose father uh, was a... David. David was was the uh, main construction... Poobah. Poobah. Manager. VP extraordinaire of uh, the original World Trade Center. Epcot. And, and Epcot and some other hotels at Disney. Yep. So uh, that's going to be some interesting stuff. I hope everybody enjoys that. We'll roll through our famous tens uh, for the number of the episode. We'll get into uh, here we didn't again. Um, 2.0, 3.0. Yeah, that's that's an alarming trend. Um and we had our man back on the scene up at Penn's camp. Yep. Third day. Yep, yep, yep. And then uh, we'll get into what we're sipping tonight. And uh, outside of that, I'm going to take us to break. All right, we're back from the break, and we've got a special guest. Dave, I'm going to let you uh, introduce him. All right, thanks. So my uh, my dear friend of thirty five plus or so years now, uh, Richard Myers. It's, it's it's tough. It's tough. To, tough pill to swallow to to, to name this no as many years, but uh, it's the truth is the truth. So uh, Richard Myers, and that's M E Y E R S for all you scoring at home. Um, he, he's attorney. Uh, I guess that's E S Q that down in Florida, uh, Tampa, where we met back in eighty six. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and uh, don't do the math. We right, and uh, so we 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 got started on uh, of all things hockey, which is a big subject at this pucks, table. Pucks, and uh, he was you know f- from with the Long Island, Richard, that area. Yeah, I'm from yeah. Oceanside, Long Island. Right, Virginia. and so we and we we just met in a, a, a parking lot or the air, general area of our <clears throat> apartment complex, Riverbend, and uh, just. Uh, us lawyers will say it's the common area. The com the common area, right? <laughs> River River Bend, also known back in the day in the eighties as River Binge, but we won't go into that right now. <laughs> but, uh, but but Richard is uh, not only a great friend, uh, just uh, uh, a well respected a- a- attorney down there in, in the Tampa Bay area. Has a lot of uh, a lot of good things going on down there. We're going to talk a little bit about those uh, those Tampa Bay Lightning bolts and uh, just from a periphery kind of a 
you know, a global type of situation, uh, macro type thing. Not going to get in depth on every single player, but just get his temperature on that. And also uh, a, a big piece of this is uh, Richard's father, David, was was a significant player in the New York construction uh, realm and uh, specifically a couple really big projects he was involved with. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, Richard, just let's, let's go into a little bit of uh, bolts first. I know you, you, uh, you know, have adopted the team since you've been down there, and uh, you're firmly entrenched in the community. I'm sure have different things going on between you and the team, and different type of charitable things, whatever. But what, what, uh, what, what does it look like for the guys, or what are you hearing about in the papers, or what's it look like going for for this season? All right. Well, you know, the fan base was was probably a little upset at letting go Yanni Gord. Right. But sure. of course, that was unavoidable. That was predictable. We've kept the core. Of course, we got Corey Perry. We picked up Corey Perry. Yeah, it's already, amazing. Already playing well. Uh, the thing that wouldn't go away, season. Corey Perry. <laughs> what? The thing that wouldn't go away, Corey Perry. He's right, just, right, right. Unbelievable. Go ahead. Like, I'm even sorry. With the, even with the massive gash on his face <laughs> over the, in the playoff. You're right. Sure. Um, yeah, so, so, um, and we kept the core and of course, as long as we have Vassy yeah, and, and Kucherov right. and Headman and Point right. and Stamkos, I mean, that core is, is, is still expected to make it deep into the playoffs. So sure. the expectations are still just as high as they ever were. Right. And you, you know, you mentioned all those people and what one, one guy you mentioned, I think is just insanely good is Braden Point. I mean, he's only still in his early twenties, right? And yeah, you know he, he the, what the impact he's made um, for that team, and and you can you can you can argue that along with Kucherov, I mean, I don't I don't I don't know that he's he's a guy that you want to lose for any significant amount of time as as, no, as, as no. prolific and, and, as he and is. The beauty of it is, is having other superstars on the team. He still flies a little bit under the radar. I don't think yeah, he does. NHL, you know, so much because I think the other players recognize his talent. But, you know, with respect to the press, you only hear about Hedman and Vasilevsky and Kucherov, sometimes Stamkos these days. But right. those are the big three slash four and points still number five. But, you know, for fans that follow the Lightning day in, day out, he's our most reliable guy. No question. Point. Yeah, no question. Yeah, so. And, you know, the uh, I mean, Hedman uh, being you know, such a force there on the blue line and, and – uh, Con Smythe, right? Was he? Con- no, Vassy was Con Smythe, but uh, you know, but but like you know, the year before, you know, he he was just outstanding. Yeah, he won the Norris. You. Right. He's, always, he's been a finalist last four years of the Norris, yep. right? So yeah, so th- yeah, and as you mentioned, if you have the much like here when we talk about like Latang, Crosby, Malkin, you know, uh, Dumal and people like that, you, if you have those three, four, five people, you know, the, the, then then you can you can put other people around it based on cap considerations and things. So, well, I guess from right. what I'm, I guess what I'm hearing you say is those, those people that you mentioned and, and also the, some of the pickups, uh, they're poised to make another run. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and lightning fans, you know, know that even the, after they won their first cup, their team changed. Sure. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So their right. second cup team was different. Uh, but they kept the core together, so why should it have been any different now? Now, yep. uh, am I realistic in thinking that maybe you know we're not going to run away with it? And be, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I think back to the days when I was an Islander fan, Dave. I, I, I was going to ask mm-hmm. about that. I can't wait yeah, to. We'll come and, back and to like, that. They won the Stanley Cup one time when they were sixth in their league in their in their conference. Right. So you know, but 
you know, as long as you have the core, all you have to do is win four out of seven, you know, each round, and right. you can make a cup run. And I think that's kind of where we're at. I right. think they're they're good enough, especially with Bassey and Goal. It could be the equalizer, you know. Right. Um, I, I'm expecting to make a deep run. Am I going to say we're going to win the Stanley Cup? I I try to temper my emotions a little bit. Right. Well, those Islander, well, those Islander teams. The the, the thing back. Well, why I think now the Penguins doing it here before the Lightning just did it. Having back to back championships in the salary cap era is is a whole another thing of itself because those Islander teams you mentioned there was no cap like that. So Bossy, Trottier, you know. Uh, the Dennis Potvin and 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 their and their Gillies, Gillies, right, exactly. And the, the, I mean, they, they were basically largely kept together. There was there was there wasn't any sure. of that. So a lot of those teams, they were able to, the, the really good ones uh, were able to keep their teams together. Doing it in this age, I think, is even a more formidable, you know, accomplishment. You know, to be able to to be able to to, to finagle that and to juggle those balls around. So. Um, and we, we talked a little bit about uh, in a past show about prolific goal scorers like, uh, you know, uh, the, the grade eight there of Vetchkin. But we also thought, I mean, I saw him and you saw him going, showing our age here. But but Mike Bossy, boy, if it wasn't for some oh, of the late oh, yeah. injuries, he was just incredible, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, very. I mean, Stamkos is the one that rem- that reminds me of him. I grew up with Mike Bossy when I'm right. watching Mike Bossy. So just, you know, being on the um, right above the. Um, Facebook, the uh, Facebook, <laughs> face-off circle, and just just staying out there for the power play and just you know sniping. That's what Bossy yeah. did. Right, right. Slot from you know and from there. Uh, yep. And he was he averaged like fifty goals a season. He, he yeah. was prolific. Boss. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and and Facebook does have a circle. It's like a pentagram. I think is what it is. <laughs> I think that's what everybody's <laughs> all in the news that they are now. Yeah. Well, it. it uh, well, I remember. I we I used to give you grief because you know I I obviously held on to my allegiance. I did. I did adopt the Tampa is like one A. Uh, although now with everybody winning there, I'm just kind of I'm, I'm like I'm like over it. Like, hey, guys, stop! Stop for God's sake! Right. I mean, okay, you, you made you your guys point. with your Super Bowl championships <laughs> and your Stanley Cups. You can't complain, man. No, 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 no complaints whatsoever. But so, I thought it was funny because back in the day, people didn't usually like, you know, how many different people were from everywhere down there, Richard. And so, you know, you, everybody, you know, like a Flyer fan yeah, or, you know, uh, Boston fan or whatever, they, they didn't break their allegiance even when the lightning came in, you know, maybe later on when they start having kids and things like that, where they're now part of the community that they kind of, like, kind of soft served into. Uh, into back that, in the but, day, Dave, I thought back in the day I thought I could switch you to be an Islander fan when Islanders <laughs> beat your beat your team in seven games in the when we're at Beefo Brady's watching it. Yeah, well, I, I've, I've still I just recently came out of therapy from all those Islander shortcomings <laughs> from the. You know, well, I was a, I was going to ask you guys that. So, so so you guys have a, a few years from me. So I I have a. A, a sore that that I continue to pick at from from the '82 playoffs. Um, I started watching hockey in '78, so I missed what was it the '76 playoffs where they were up three nothing and yeah, yeah. '74 '75 yeah and they and they dumped it to the to the Islanders yeah after being up yeah after being up yeah, games I was, and yeah. yeah I watched, so I, I guess at, now there's one of three teams that came back from a 3 deficit right. right? And I was at that last game, oh. by the way, and as Ed Westfall of all people, I mean that pr- that prolific just you know sniper <laughs> Ed Westfall <laughs> bumbled around and kicked no, one that's in. Today's off. Pat Maroon. If anyone wants to, oh my right. God, Pat Maroon. Pat Maroon right so, yeah, right. And the the funny thing is, walking out of the arena, Richard, there's a the old Civic Arena. They had these 
plastic type of uh, signs for the for the different sections, and they were they're like hard plastic type of thing, and they would hang from these little chains. And somebody, uh, this big guy, I don't know, just the guy that was just insanely pissed. Yeah, he comes up and just smashes one of them as he's walking by, walking through the thing. And there was like a security guard slash cop. I don't know who, who he was. He just kind of looked at it, looked at him, and just kept walking. He's like, <laughs> he was like, well, I'm not even going to get involved in this guy. Plus, this is this is this is 1982, my friend. No, no, no. This was this was the 70, uh, Five. the 75, 75. One, right? The one where we were up three games to none. Oh, and shit. and because uh, the other one, 81, 82. It was back and forth. I and, think that was a three-game or a five-game series, that one. Five, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, because they lost the first two, and, and Eddie DeBartolo yeah, said a, he was going to give a refund. I think it was a five-game series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could be. I, I, for some reason, I thought it was seven. We're going to have to look that up. But um, but the, the, the 81-82 one with, I mean, we hit a goal post there at the end, and John Tonale, Tonelli, you know, with a couple goals, and then. I still get, um, I still, I can, I yeah. can tell you, Richard, I was, I was sitting in my parents' house. and I, Now the house has changed. They still live there, but. I could tell you the exact location where I was sitting <laughs> on the edge of my seat when that puck jumped over Randy Carlisle's stick. <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> it was like the magic bullet. Silver, yeah. Weck, Silver Weck had to get involved with that one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the thing is, as much as the Islanders, you know, did so many things to us, uh, Penguin teams, um, there, there was still, the, the, the hatred here is always the Flyers, number one. It's never, it's never, the Islanders have always been a distant second to that just because of yeah, that, that. Adam Graves might be a, uh, may have bumped Yeah, the that was Rangers an incident. That was two. an incident, though. That wasn't a, a, a team hatred. But anyway, well, I appreciate the update on all that. We were on a little dance into the past, though. We don't want to bore everybody for too much of this. But um, let me just dive into to, to the, the meat of this, which I, I, I knew this kind of peripherally from you and, of course, saw the pictures on your wall when I stayed at your place and you were so accommodating last March. But I did know... Uh, the some of the surroundings or some of the backstory of, of of your dad but 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 take us into this the only thing i was able to really kind of see was the the obit from you know the orlando sentinel you know of all places yeah. and and uh you know the, where they kind of ran down uh you know what 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 went on and i, I just i just I'll just I'll paraphrase a little bit of uh what was in here and your your mom had chimed in and said that you know his your dad's strength was his ability to nurture relationships with his family and subcontractors he was never you know conscious of how high up the ladder or somebody was or low yeah. or whatever he, he gave time to anybody and everybody and there was yeah, a well, guy I, I gotta tell you he was he was definitely had that reputation at work but at home <laughs> 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 different story huh? uh, there, there's a hierarchy i guess huh yeah 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 well the, just just to finish up one thing there's a this guy yeah. uh, ken champion who's a former construction manager for the uh, orange county courthouse and and uh, was involved in, in that type of thing. He he had a quote here. He, he just talked about everybody, including your dad. He said, "Mia Myers was a he's a pillar in the building industry. He, you know, he was one, he, he was uh, you know a real champion." He said that uh, he was tough, direct, and you always knew where you stood with Dave. He had a father. That's no question about that. So expound on that a little bit. Oh boy, uh, he parented in the same way that he he did business, which was. He knew right from wrong. He knew when you were making excuses and when you were going to be accountable. Right. Um, he had a so, good bullshit detector. And, and that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, of course, that made him a great, great in his industry. Just to let your audience know, my dad was educated at Cooper Union in New York, which was an engineering school. So he has a civil engineering background, but he quickly became 
I, I guess, known as a talent in construction management. Right. And he took a job after graduating from uh, Cooper Union in New York uh, with Tishman Construction Corporation. For Again, for those of you listening in, Tishman Construction built the entire World Trade Center complex in the you know, late 60s, early 70s. Um, and my dad, prior to being placed in charge of the entire World Trade Center complex project, had built part of or a substantial part of LaGuardia Airport. And wow, he came wow, in okay. under budget. Wow, okay. He did it under time and under budget, and basically he became a rising star. Well, like that always happens, right? Under time and under budget. <laughs> right. right. So, you know, he went on to the Twin Towers and did the same thing there. Um, and, you know, just, again, to let the audience know, my dad passed away in 97, so he didn't yeah. see the towers come down. Yeah. You know, wasn't around for the terrorist attacks. Probably... Probably that's a blessing. Probably better off, right? Um, uh, but we moved from from New York to Florida in 1979 when his company got awarded the uh, contract to do Epcot Center. Right. Wow. And so he was put in charge of Epcot Center. So, that, you know, of that's... course, my dad, using his power, decided, hey, Richard, you know what you're going to do? You're going to join the local laborers union. You're going to become a laborer and work on that project. He, <laughs> yeah, tell he, me how that you, you teased that with me. He didn't put me in his office. He didn't say, hey, can you staple shit for me? So I had to work Tough like love 60, is still love, Richard. I worked, I worked six, uh, six twelves and an eight. Wow. Ouch. So I worked all those hours every, you know, each summer. Those two summers I did how, that. How old shit. were you, Richard? 17 and 18. Yeah, well, that, those are good life lessons back then, brother. Yeah, no kidding. That's a, you know, back then, I hated my dad for it. <laughs> but now I have to thank him. You know, Absolutely. Because it gives me a work ethic. It you know, makes me get perspective. I'll, I'll, sure. I will share a funny story, though, about it because uh, I hated that job so much. And it required me to get up at, at like 4.30 in the morning. Oh, and I'd get home at like, you know, 7.30 at night. Jeez. And... The first thing I would do, by the way, this is a side story to a side story. <laughs> when, when, when I would get home from work and I'd be so starved calorie wise, like I'd be, you know, right. you'd be burning 10, 15,000 calories a day oh, right. wow. sure. at work. I would come home and I would, I would make a bologna sandwich <laughs> and drink an entire two liter bottle of, of Mellow Yellow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Remember that drink? Call yeah. it Mellow Yellow. And, yep. And sure then did. sit down for dinner. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that that was the appetizer. Anyway, yeah. but I, I I hated the job for so long, right. and then uh, in my final summer working there, and the, the project obviously was I shouldn't say obviously, but it was getting a little bit behind schedule in air, certain areas, and I happened to be working on the Japanese pavilion, which was way behind. So I was mm -hmm. working these crazy hours, and I just got so sick of it. And so about a week before I was supposed to leave the job, I I I, I quit, but I couldn't tell my dad. <laughs> That I had quit. So I got up at 4.30 every morning. I put on my boots, my jeans, my hard hat and everything. Got in the car, drove off. I drove off to Daytona Beach. <laughs> stayed there all day. <laughs> drove back all the way to Orlando, where my, you know, where I live. Right. I would stop like two blocks away from my house to this park and rub dirt all over me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and walk in, and now I'm not even hungry, but I'm having the bologna sandwich. And <laughs> just going through the motions. Right. Just so they think it's the same meat. Just, right? Right, <laughs> right. Keeping right. up airs. That's, that's, that, you were, that was you well were working on your freshman 15 early. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask, how old were you whenever the tower construction was going on? So, what, how, where were you age wise about then? All right. So, uh, construction or ground clearing, I think, was probably back in 67. So, I would have been four or five. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you know, it got capped off. I mean, I got some experiences that are, you know, not are vivid, but, you know, like your childhood memories when you're six or seven. Right. Right. Um, so, I remember when. The 60th, 65th floor, right around there, uh, one of the towers was being completed. Wow. And my dad said, okay, you know, um, I want to bring my family out there to kind of see what we do. So he brought us up to this 65th floor, whether it was the top at the time, you know, or near the top. Right. They added on later. Right, right. Right. And and he's walking around like like this is child's play for him, right? (laughs) I'm I'm not getting anywhere near, like like within thirty feet of an edge. I just don't want to do it. I'm like right. I'm scared to quit, right? Sure. And he's walking around. You know, like you, you see, remember those old pictures of the people eating their lunches on the yeah. ground? Oh yeah, you know? sitting on there, dangling their feet. Down right, there. right. Yeah, that's kind of how my dad was on construction sites, <laughs> right? I and mean, this is old hat for him. Right. But I remember being scared. I, like I just wanted to, to migrate to the exact geographic center of that floor. He's like a flying Wallenda, and you're like, you know, how scared to death. (laughs) Yeah, so I have those kind of memories. I remember, you know, uh, the Bicentennial on the 17th, uh, you know, the the 1976 Bicentennial. Right. You know, when the towers were obviously completed, we went up there, and we watched the uh, regatta. There was a huge Bicentennial regatta. Sure. So I have a memory of that. I mean, there's, there's some really cool things, you know, about going to New York City, bringing the Twin Towers. Well, it's just amazing to me is like, Scott, think about it like a, like a show and tell, like at school, like what right. does your dad do? Oh, my dad's a plumber, you know, he fixes yeah. leaks and stuff right. like that. Um, oh, Richard? Um, you, oh, he built the Twin Towers in Epcot. <laughs> mic drop. Yeah, so, yeah. No, no, but Dave, right. Dave, if there the was mic drops back then. I would, say this, I would say this to people, you know, because the simplest thing to say is he, you know, he built them, right? Oh, right. sure. I understand. Most, yeah. people, most people who who hear that say, oh, I had a family member or a friend or you know an acquaintance or something that also built it. I'm like, what yeah, do you mean? I, I they were like, yeah, the, the, he was the electrician on the 21st right, floor right, who put yeah, in yeah. the wall socket. I get you it. Know, yeah. Like, okay, no, right, right. right. Yeah, just a oversaw. Different. Right, would be the better. Right, would be the more apt uh, apt thing. But that, but that's still that's that's really no. I mean, you, when you say that and and you know, lead uh, manager and I mean that's. You know, we're we're not talking about you know uh, throwing up a Howard Johnson's here. I mean, like, you know, uh, so I I'm guess not sure right. all of right. our well, listeners got people, that reference. That's so true, Dave. Because a lot of people don't even know. I mean, maybe they learned a little bit during nine eleven. Right. Yeah. Uh, that there's nine buildings in the World Trade sure. Center yep. complex. Mm-hmm. The World Trade Center complex has its own zip code and its own school district. Right. Right. I mean, it's its own. It's a city within a city. Yeah. And my dad was the lead construction manager for all of that, not just the twin town. For all. Oh, for all of that whole thing. That wow. whole area was his project. And didn't so every didn't and I, th- I think I saw this because I I think I mentioned to you maybe in passing, but I'm a little bit of a I want to say uh, you know. R- overly interested but it's, it just fascinates me about everything that happened that day there is that weren't those all those buildings were the only ones that went down like that, that complex right there like seven and nine they all went down right yeah of course that, that led to conspiracy theories and sure, all that but sure. you know but 
but you know, uh, but fact I is fact. They, from, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the way the buildings were constructed then, and many are today even, is that they have these main steel girders. Yes. Like that, and if they get compromised through heat or at the base get damaged, you know, the the building will pancake, and that's how they're designed. Right. Right. So 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 all these theories they piss me off all the time when I hear these I'm theories sure. about about you know intentional you know bombs right. being placed in there. It's just how they were constructed. Simple as that. Yeah, and 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 also I mean <laughs> you're not exactly having them designed for like you know jet fuel at like at like six, six billion you know uh, uh, right. You don't Fahrenheit. expect steel girders like <laughs> no. that to melt. So right. right. So, so. To, right. I mean that's I mean uh, maybe some. You know, Piper Cub that's flying by or something like being a can you know flick that off like an ash. But I mean, uh, you know, something like that is we'll just And I think I saw I saw something. I mean, you're up, but your brother is your, is your brother was it is it Gary? Or, I have two brothers. Yeah, one. Gary. So one's out in in like like Colorado, like that 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 lake, right? That that uh, or he was. He's, he lives on Lake Havasu. Havasu. Yeah. yeah. So I saw something. Of course, I couldn't read the whole thing because it was one of those articles that you had to pay five bucks a month to finish the article. But he, he, he I'm like, no, I mean, this is a nice story, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to do that, but I'll just get it from Richard. But he, he mentioned something about that day, I guess, knowing your father, like you said, it was probably a good thing he didn't witness any of that two part question, I guess, is he was talking about your brother now saying how, you know, how that would have affected him. And, and, you know, he's, he's glad he didn't see it. Like you just said, and I guess the, to, to kind of piggyback off that is how, how would you think he would have reacted? What do you, what do you think he would have been gone through his uh, mind? Well, you know, my dad was a very stoic and solid, you know, he, I, I don't want to say unemotional cause there were times I did see him emotional, but pretty much of a, he, I, I think he would have absorbed it, but he would have become, different okay. you know what i mean would have affected him as a it would have affected him in a more silent way and maybe a little bit more distant and all that i don't think he would have been a, a man that would have gone into a hole or anything like that right but but i just think it, it would have it would have deeply impacted him I mean, yeah. look this was the first think about i mean even laguardia was a major project i mean that's no nothing to slap you know right. to say it's minimal right but getting that premier project in the world at the time, sure. and and for the next thirty years, right? right. Um, and even Epcot kind of pales in. Well, I wouldn't say pales. Actually, I shouldn't say that. It's a, it's basically equivalent. But my dad was such a success at what he did that I mean, this the stuff you don't know, Dave. I don't think I in the years I've known you. When 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 I was in seventh grade. My dad got promoted to senior vice president of of, of Tishman, which he was, I don't know, like 33, 34 at the time. Oh. Think about that. Yeah. Right? So it's the world's right. largest construction company. <laughs> He's put in second in charge at that age. So he was like a prodigy. Sure. And the first thing that he got assigned to do was build a a palace for the Shah of Iran. Oh, my God. This just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> Keep going. So what, what, he what, lived. He actually lived two years in Tehran, and and every couple of months he would crazy. come home for a weekend. But he spent two years of his life building a palace for the Shah, Jeez. and it was in, he would. And in 1979, things started getting squirrely over there. Yeah. You know, the Islamic Revolution sure. occurred, and he was present at you know like he'd be across the street when a when a store would get you know. Exp- you know, explode or get bombed. Wow. wow. You know, like he, he went through a lot of that yeah. and he was, 
he was trying to get us, meaning his kids, over to Tehran to go to some American schools over there because he missed us so much. Jeez. So, okay. uh, this is another great side story. I guess yeah. it's perfect for a podcast. I, I missed that totally in the yeah. whole thing. And that's so just, my, 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 he, my dad was begging for my mom to bring the kids and would get, get them situated in America. Like, you know, basically a middle class community over there. I mean, people think it's all desert and all that, but there's, you know, basically like a middle class Americanized community over there. With the school and everything, right, Richard? With those, you know, American yeah. schools and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, Right. You know, my mother's name nickname was Mickey. So we go, Mickey, you got to get the kids over there. You got to get. So my mom went over there uh, for like spent two weeks to to get us registered and you know start school in 1978 ish. Wow, jeez! And my mother comes back, and my mother in classic <laughs> New York Jewish style. <laughs> we ain't fucking going. <laughs> That's perfect. <clears throat> That's funny. Well, I mean, okay. <laughs> I just, I, I just didn't, I didn't even. Of course, we we never talked about that kind of stuff. Like, way, but I mean, I knew the other, some of the other things. But wow, that was really, that one really came out of nowhere. I, I can imagine. This is just a, a, a random thought. Imagine being like back in those times when that, like you said, the revolution come. Imagine being like a window washer, like down there. It's like, uh, um, hey, uh, boss, um, the whole building kind of blew up. Can I punch out or right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, wow, that's that's really in some in, insane detail. But. Uh, yeah, I, I just I, I that's one of the reasons why I wonder. We we have a lot of random things. I mean, I don't know how many other episodes you listen to of us. We're up to like this is the tenth now, but double we, digits, Richard. We, we we also we all, we also do sports, local, national. We do some music stuff, and we we, we mix in things. But we also there's a lot of people, and I'm not patting my shoulder on this but i i know so many degrees we or we make we make a joke of this like the six degrees of kevin bacon six degrees of dave clark is that i said I, look i know some people that did some or them or their families did some really wild shit and I'd, I'd like to you know share that with people because you know you just say that to somebody and you go his dad was what <laughs> and right. like no it's not you know and you would say well no you know or just or just maybe it's just like these can't fathom you know that so um, there, uh, he also did your dad. He did some other Disney hotels and such too, didn't he, Richard? Oh yeah. When when he, of course when when he got awarded Epcot, he was you know you got Dave thinking and also handle building the Swan and the Dolphin Hotel, mm-hmm. Poly- the mm-hmm. Polynesian Hotel complex. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, he did a lot of Disney projects. He built um, the Hilton that's on um, that's on um, what do you call that? All those that restaurant complex right outside, uh, like downtown Disney or something like that. Like, yeah, the, near, near downtown Disney, Disney Village or something now or something. Yeah, now. right, right. He did a lot of that. So you know, I mean, it's so it's so much easier to just say Epcot, right? Get, <laughs> right. There's, there's but a, it was really all of it. Right? There's a lot it more antlers. Hotels, there's a lot right. more antlers to that deer than yeah. you than you realize. Right, exactly. Right, right exactly. Exactly. Uh, well, yeah. And I think I, Dave. This is the funny thing is yeah, I think go I go into work. I do. Uh, you know, mostly now, about ninety percent of what I do is high conflict divorce work. Yeah, something's so got you a while back. Every day, every <laughs> where day. Where were you four years ago. ago? What? I said, where were you four years ago? Yeah, he went. Through, <laughs> he went through a pretty rough one, but go ahead. <laughs> so, so you know, I um, yeah, it's kind of the last area of law I thought I would end up doing because of my divorce too. But anyway, <laughs> right. <laughs> putting putting that aside, um, you know, it's. It's um, um, amazing that I, I go into work and I think I'm, I'm working my ass off during the day. Like, I, I, I'll forget to eat. I'll forget to drink water. Yeah, you know, yeah we've had right. this conversation. 
Right. Yeah. And, I, and I'll go, I'll literally go for my cup of coffee at eight in the morning until six at night. And I, I realize I just haven't eaten. <laughs> right. Because I'm just busy, yeah. busy, 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 busy. Right. Right. But right. then I think about at least, at least I'm going home at six. Yeah. You know, sure. my, my dad, my dad would, would get up like three thirty four in the morning to make it into Manhattan by five thirty, and would come home until like seven, eight o'clock. Wow. Right. Right. And day after day after day right. after day. And, right. and, and he wasn't just dealing with a, you know, 15 clients. He was dealing with the massive size projects I'm talking about. Right. He had to talk to hundreds of people a day to make sure they were on pace. Right. You know? Right. And, and under budget. I can't imagine. And and look, I'm 58. He was doing this as an executive when he was like 34 <laughs> onward. That's insane. Without, without a spreadsheet. <laughs> Right, right. Or, right. Or, or, or a to-do checklist or, or no some app. Smartphone. <laughs> no smartphone. Nothing reminding yeah. him, like, what's your to-do list? Yeah. And, and, and I'm willing to bet he's probably the Spiral kind of guy that, that if you asked him anything on that project, he would just be able to cite it immediately. Oh, yeah. No question about it. No. And when he passed away, uh, we had some really cool mementos. Like, we went into his uh, file cabinet that he kept in his back office and he had original blueprints, just like the, some of the Twin Tower shit Jeez, and stuff. Well, wow, you know, like like you know, I'm I'm probably one of you know three or four people that's seen them. Right? Wow, have you ever been? You know, has your family ever been approached about any of that stuff? Like you know, when you help build reporters, they crawl out of the woodwork. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. No, the answer is no, wow. and it surprised me because at the time there was so much. You know, everybody's uh, looking for a story. You know, yeah, for a story. You know, background. You know, and. Um, I think the Science Channel or something along those lines, one of those channels was doing a deep expose on the construction and architecture and all that of the World Trade Center complex. And in, in its advertising during its production, uh, they invited people to email them or phone them and say, do you, know, do you have a story to tell regarding you know this? Mm-hmm. And I sent them a long detail, you know, like, like I just described here about my dad's involvement, of okay. course, n- not just my dad's involvement. He he was in charge of everyone right. else's involvement, right? right? Exactly. Like, so, he was a yeah, so, right. So, and I never got a call back. It surprised me at the time. Like, wow. Never, so you solicited that, and it, and it was just crickets. Crickets. Wow. That's, now it may be because you know what we already know that story. Blah blah blah. Oh. But, you know, who knows. Yeah, but, it would seem that yeah, that it would seem like it would be significant enough for somebody to because you've most of the things involve what happened that day, you know. But you know, there's so many other things and so many other people that were affected that had something to do with it prior. I'm I'm, I'm shocked that somebody you know didn't didn't jump on that. But that's interesting to to know. So you still have some of those things kept away in a safe place. Yeah, I, I don't personally. I think my sister or my brother has it. Okay, that's a, it. that is amazing that you know is is. You think about good reporters, uh, and as a consultant, I go in and I talk to people, and I, I look for a singular thread that you can pull that would have the most impact in any project. And I would say that Richard's father would have been that thread. <laughs> oh, absolutely! In a singular project, you just you just go find that thread, and, and, and of course he's passed, but go. You know, connect. It's the like dots. a sweater song by yeah, Weezer. Absolutely. You know, you yeah, that yeah I think that's <laughs> to be to be fair to any reporter. I don't. I knew Diddley. I was the youngest of four children, right? So when my dad passed, I still was. This was, I don't know. I was uh, 
thirty, you know, five when my dad passed, maybe thirty. Yeah, in that area. Uh, but it, the the project completed in seventy one, so I yeah. was like eight. Yeah. So what do I what do I would really know about what my dad did other than you know tell the basic stories I've told you guys? I don't know right. any ins and outs they were really looking for and maybe they made that decision i'm just gonna be fair to them right. but it would surprise me i didn't get any email back like hey yeah do you have any mementos have any things that we can look just at anything you know, like, yeah right anything, anything. Or, or an older sibling or an aunt or an uncle or right. a family yeah, friend that you would right. you know talk to that you know because i know you know my dad had a friend that just passed uh, you know and and I, I would have gone to him for stories to, to say, hey, you know, now that my dad, if, if my dad had passed, like, right. hey, you know, yeah. just, to, just to get those. Yeah. Like in, in fact, he, he, he actually shared stories with his grandson. We hadn't talked to the family in, in probably 25 years um, in any detail, but he was a Vietnam vet and he kept, he, he didn't talk about a lot of the stuff, but he had a trunk. In fact, when we went to the funeral a couple of weeks back, his his wife didn't even know, even know about this trunk that he kept in the basement, but he told his grandson about it, and his he told his grandson about the stories. Okay, right. So he just like yeah, just isolated somebody, right? Well, I mean, at that age, Richard, going back to when it was going on, you said it was finished when you were around eight or so. I mean, did you have like did did kids at school say stuff to you, or it was just not something people talked about? Oh, my dad's you know in charge of the world trade. I mean, what was there anything like that? Like, wow, is your dad really in charge of that, or did you? Did you have to answer questions like that as a kid? Well, I don't think it ever really came up. Wow. I don't know. It's like when, it wasn't when a look, fireman. Look, Come on now. Just think about <laughs> just, right. It, it, <laughs> just think about when you were seven or eight yeah. years old. Yeah, true. You thought that your. I mean, I never thought my dad was anything other than my dad who had a, right. a full time job right. that was. You know, he built stuff. And, <laughs> right. right. I, I had no idea until I was able to appreciate it later in life. Right. Just the magnitude of what he was in charge of. Sure. Yeah. So growing up, like in grade school, whatever, you know, what, what'd your dad do? My dad's in construction. Right. That's, that's using a term very loosely. Right. He's installing outlets in the World Trade Center. Yeah. <laughs> Back, bring a full circle, Richard. Well, your dad's, well, your dad's uh, swinging a hammer on, uh, on, the, right. on, on the south side. Um, well, well, that's great. Yeah, I, I wanted to just, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't want to go too crazy with it. I just thought it was something that we have kind of a diverse group of listeners that's why we kind of change things up a lot we don't want to always just drone on saying the same things we have a lot of topics that we do on a regular basis but i, I just thought it was a story that needed to be out there because i don't think people will appreciate i mean we actually wanted to kind of do it around that day but we had another we had another guy on a friend of mine that's um uh, yahoo sports uh boxing and, and uh combat uh, sports where i got known for a long time too and he could only drop in that day because he was on vacation that week so otherwise we would have had you maybe yeah, right at the same time that that yeah, same weekend. Yeah, because until but, you just told me that, I was very resentful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've, look, I've already ruined your your Gator party from last week when we were talking. I said, "Well, yeah, Kentucky." Yeah, I guess I guess it's not your grand your grandfather's Kentucky anymore. But uh, I think of Kentucky. Yeah, uh, I kind of mentioned that to you. And yep. I, but but. But you said it's the Gators. They'll have them. They'll have the it, it, game it, in hand by half. It'll be. A- that, well, that, I fully that was the, the, the nail in the coffin. Yeah, well, I fully expect. Well, the way that they almost they almost beat Alabama, and I'm, I was like, I mean, surely, I mean, and I, and I okay, looked at well, the I looked at the opponents of Kentucky. I don't want to spend too yeah. much time on so. that one game because I'll die. Yeah, but 
But uh, the play calling just became very McElwainish. Oh, jeez. Okay. Right. I mean, if you saw it, it was like, what are you doing? You're not playing to your team's strengths. You know, right. it's like, what? Oh my God! It you had to be pulling your. I thought to myself, well, he's either going to be one or two reactions. He's going to say, "Well, I'll see you jinxed it," and they lost, or he's going to say, "Damn, maybe I should have went on the show. Maybe they would have won." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah, we won't. I, I know how that is because my Penn State has a big game on Saturday against Iowa, and I'm I'm, I'm going to be you know, gnawing on every finger now I have. So I understand that part of it. So let me ask you on a lighter note: one of the things that you have uh, that you you started a you started a, a fire up here. Uh, with your peanut butter whiskey. Oh, yeah. So we've been indulging in various ones, uh, one of them called uh, Sheepdog, which is 70 poof, P-W-O-O-F, and uh, a couple others, so they're pretty good, but we have not been able to get, because we still have state stores here. Now, they're called Fine Wine and Good Spirits, but they're still run by the state. Yeah. I got to so, tell you, you got to do a special order. If your local places don't have it, uh-huh. Hard you truth. Got that is. to find hard truth. Yeah. yeah, that's the one, right? And I, I was telling. That's how this whole start thing started because I, I uh, was telling my partner here, Scott, about you know jumping in on your podcast the one Monday when I was down there uh, in March, and then you guys were sharing that, and and I said, wow, I, was, I never thought I would ever say that I would have it because I'm not a whiskey guy. I just don't like the backbite of it. I just I've never been a whiskey. But when you rolled that out, and you guys had a couple different ones, but that was, and so we tried to find it, couldn't find it. So we've had some. Other like uh, you know reasonable facsimiles of, but we're going to have to like go across state lines. Probably all right. To- so like like all right. So like Sheepdog and Rams Point, those kind of peanut butter whiskeys is yep. what you would like be like the well drinks. Okay. <laughs> it's not a call. It's not a call. Yeah. That, we, we also had yeah. a screwball last week, and then I also no, screwball is even becoming a little bit more pedestrian because yeah. it's so sweet and peanut yeah. buttery. Yeah, it's more of a dessert drink now. Aperitif for sure. Yeah. Right, so yeah, it's, it's that's palatable, saying, but it's to- not hard truth. We we also had a peanut butter chocolate. It was uh, Balaton. Oh, I tell you what, give me. Well, no, I can walk with my phone. I was about to say, give me a minute. I'll walk away. From my, I'm going to walk to my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, my freezer where uh-oh. I keep the the various whiskeys. Yep, and I found a something you ought to explore. Bring it on. As he's poking through his frigidaire. Bird dog. Bird and dog. Bird I mix it. Now, you imagine. So if you ever want to have a Reese's whiskey. Yeah. Wow. Mix some bird dog chocolate whiskey with your peanut butter whiskey. And then you got a, Reese, a Reese's drink. Yeah. Well, I've, I've wow. seen bird dog up here. I don't know if I've seen bird dog peanut butter, though. Yeah, I've seen the other, other different variations. Yeah. No, bird dog bird chocolate. Dog. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's bird dog, bird chocolate. dog okay. chocolate whiskey. Yeah. And then you mix it with, you know, your... Your peanut butter whiskey, and it's kind of like a flavor a, sensation. A uh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Happy accident. <laughs> so, what was the Baskin and Robbins a, a sensation thing? Something like that. Thirty-one flavors. Yeah. So let me ask you. Oh, that. and by the way, in the back, Dave, in the back of my freezer, you still have the. You still your, have my your vanilla, vanilla vodka. vodka. <laughs> your vanilla vodka is still there. I knew you were going to say that. Car. I knew it. Well, I, I bought this big because they down there they have this the uh, one I can't remember the name now, but it's uh it, it's they had a big plastic yeah. like huge one right and i got a couple of them while i was down there because up here they discontinued it at, at uh fine wine yeah and good spirits so down it was there was something like, basic like bob's vodka <laughs> <laughs> no it's not bob's it's uh yeah it's i can't remember but it's just yeah, it's it is, homer simpson's vodka it, it is one word but it's like uh, i can't remember what it is because i haven't seen it in so long but um but anyway so how's your tennis game do you still have one 
Or dare no. I ask? Do you have? Let me, let, no. me, let, me, let me make a prediction. You haven't hit a tennis ball since we did in March. Correct. I don't <laughs> have anyone to play with. <laughs> well, I thought Gigi was going to, she kept saying she's going to get out there with you and do what happened to that. Uh, uh, no. We're busy with other activities. Okay. Pickleball. <laughs> Handball. Yeah. So you settled in up there in Lakeland then? You're not, yeah, you're not driving uh, her crazy yeah. yet? I really like Dave, man. I don't know whether you ever spent time in Lakeland. I really like this town. It's, uh, really- it's you know, no, I, my, a friend of mine, uh, Tony Festa, he used to live, his parents used to live out there and he, uh, he doesn't play in City now, but I mean, I, I I was out there a few times and actually I think stayed out there. I, I like it out there. I, the only thing you have to do me a favor, if you can go by Kathleen High School and like spit into the yard where, where Ray Lewis uh, went to school, <laughs> could you just pull okay, a big luger, okay, big luger out the window? Whenever it's you... really not that far. It's probably about eight miles from me. I'll, I'll do it for you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Okay. I know you. Uh, so the any just just a quick, couple quick hits. Is there any 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 movement on this whole race thing? Is there lease up twenty twenty five or something? Is there anything at all about building a park there? All right. Any, so any, so any gonna, uh, my, my one of my college roommates and one of my closest friends, uh, although not recently, is Rick Christman, the mayor of St. Pete. Oh boy. Okay. All right. So we're headed so into a bar dizzle exclusive. His yeah. his philosophy. <laughs> what what'd you say? We're headed to a bar dizzle exclusive that you're going to bring out to us. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't know if it is or not, but <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. I say this to a lot of people. I said, I know Rick so well, and so do about 30 other people like me, know him so well from college, that one phone call, his career is over. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, so there's no but, real... Not, uh, but not... we love him too much to do that to him. Yeah, yeah, Anyway, yeah. Uh, um, his position obviously has to advocate for the people of St. Pete is to keep the team local. Um, but it's, it'll never make sense. Literally, it will never make sense to keep the team in, in the St. Pete area. Oh, no, right. There's okay. still talk about the Expos. Now, uh, now, We've got a bunch of old – it just it doesn't work because you try to move it to Tampa and the ownership – this is before the Montreal idea was floated, right? So, so the ownership was saying, well – we need to have a commitment from the local residents to put in like half the money for a new stadium. So you have to raise taxes to get about $450 billion. Wow. Right. Yeah. And no one really wants it because it's difficult to try to say, Oh, we're suddenly going to have 30,000 fans a night simply by moving sure. across. the bank. Right. That's right. not right. That's not realistic. Right. right. So, so we wanted to, we wanted like, you know, the ownership that's got billions of dollars pay for the damn thing right, if you're right. serious about keeping the team right okay. exactly right. so it's never Got come it. together various ideas of stadium locations including where i work i work in ebor city yep um it's been ultimately rejected yep. and then they float this montreal idea which is not going away yeah it's right get, here did you get yeah. did you get the, the news maybe a week ago right as the the day that the uh rays clinched their division not the playoff spot because they clinched right. that like a day or two before. Right. They put up in the right field bleachers like a big sign, like you know, uh, "Welcome Montreal" or oh something like that. And there was so much flack on the air. I think I did hear something, you know, peripherally about that. Yeah, I can imagine. That's crazy. So no, nothing yeah, really they're changed. So, they're so tone deaf. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah. But well, maybe their purpose was to make a lot of. You know, just to keep the topic yeah. floated out there because 
But it just don't do it on that day when you clinch your division. Yeah, that's not the not the greatest timing thing. They they did something up here like that because they're one of the sponsors uh, down there is the Bradenton, Sarasota, like you know, kind of tourist kind of thing, and they had that like right on one of the broadcasts for the Pirates, and people were, I mean, they were getting they were getting hate mail like for for stuff like (laughs) that with with same concept, not quite with the Montreal Expo was a whole different story, but but hey, listen up. I appreciate you spending so much time. We we ran a little bit longer, but I I, I haven't talked to you since March. But uh, you know, uh, no, I appreciate thank, the thank, opportunity. It's, it's and, always cool. And and your 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 podcast still going on? You and your buddy still still working at? Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, you guys are a little bit more organized than we are. Uh, I don't <laughs> know whether there. it's because because you got so much free time on your hands. I have no <laughs> idea. That's just that we've been doing this. Well, see, we've been doing this to, like at a bar, like <clears throat> or. Some adult establishment for like ten, the better well, part that, of ten years, so it's it, it it's kind of rolls back and forth. We're kind of a, right. a natural, we're like an old married couple, you know. It's like so that's why. Well, it you sounds guys so. got you guys definitely got a shtick, and I like it. The you know my 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 buddy that co-hosts with me, uh, we're both working like we like we don't have time to prepare. We don't even time yeah, to advertise yeah, really. Right. It's, and so he thinks you know, we prepare. What, I did a previous <laughs> podcast, Scott. Just so you know, I did a previous podcast. Uh, where we would get it, you know, we would expect to get a thousand views or listeners, a right. week, which was okay. Uh, we're like pushing a hundred after doing it for half a year. Yeah, <laughs> and it's because we don't put anything on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, he's done. He's done up. all that. Yeah, Scott's good with all. Yeah, that. we just show up at seven o'clock. We use an hour <laughs> and a half of airtime. We go home. We're like, right. but no one knows we're on, dude. Right. Right. Yeah, we're working. We're is this, is this thing on? Yeah, <laughs> I have to. I have to credit him over here. Just that he's 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 good at all that, and he's he's kind of in the business a little bit, and uh, he's he's tech savvy. I'm a technophobe, so he he you know, he holds my hand when it comes to. I'm I'm, I'm more the creative uh, uh, piece or the. Or he's the he's a talent. So, but, uh, <laughs> but but again, listen. I know it's been way too long, but it's like it's like. Uh, I told Scott a while back that, you know, after th- however long we hadn't talked with COVID and everything else that, you know, he invited me into your home to stay the last time I was there. And that's kind of what I, 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 I tell people that there's different types of people you you have in your life. There's strangers, some of you never met. Uh, there's, there's uh, you know, acquaintances, you know, through somebody, you see them out at a bar, you say hello, and you get to know their name, whatever. And there's like, you know, buds or buddies, like, you know, you kind of like do things together. Maybe you go to a game once in a while with them, but they're still kind of one step below friend. But uh, I'd say, you know, uh, the word of classic example of I, I would think you think the same as, as real friends, because only a friend would do something like that where years can go by and and, and uh, you can still drop right in in their life. And, you, you know, that's when you have somebody as a, you know, a friend for life. So really and that was, but Dave, that all comes from one fateful first sentence that came out of your mouth. You play hockey? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I think, that, I think that was the first thing. That's that I what actually binds said. us forever. The You're, first words out of your mouth. <laughs> that's true. I think that's what that's like. That's the, you know, it's the sport of Kings. So, right. you know, so the, <laughs> of course, listen, man, I, I appreciate it um, so much. And, uh, and uh, thanks for sh- sharing so much time. It would be uh, hopefully not as long next time. But, and basically, and by, by the way, before we go out, uh, congratulations on the huge case win. We won't go into all that, but I'll tell Thank Scott you. about that. Thank you. that I know a- how much you worked on that and how much that meant to you and your partner. So kudos Thank for you guys. You. So, uh, And uh, listen, have a great rest of your weekend, and I'll be in touch as soon as I can. Okay, buddy? Yeah, we can't wait to see you guys. All all right, you, good, Scott. Good talk, man. <laughs> yeah, good to meet you, man. Take care. All right, all right Richard. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. I love you, brother. All right, you all too, right, bye-bye. bud. All right, bye-bye.
sitting on my own Chewing on a bone A thousand million miles from home When something hit me Somewhere right between the eyes Alright Dave, we're coming back from break And uh, we're going to head into the famous number 10s uh, leading off, uh, as always, is baseball. My first love. Pretty sure it was probably yours. And uh, who yeah. are we starting off with? Uh, uh, Tim Foley. Okay. I guess the, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't lead off. He had second. But right. one of the best second. Greatest punters of all time, right? Oh, my gosh. When with, with back in the day in 79, you know, team with uh, Omar Marino leading off with his seemingly getting on base all the time, either a walk or, you know, and, and always a threat to – Steal and sometimes you know he would get on, get over, and Foley would bunt him to third to be a sack fly, and Pirates would be up one nothing like every game. Bing, it's, bing, it's boom. Just like the uh, it was one of the most disciplined guys, and he was a fiery guy. Like you know he was, uh, you know like shortstop, but he played like a played like a safety. Yeah, you know like you know the way he the way he con, uh, you know uh, contorted his body around defensively and, yeah. and the things that he did. But he was, I guess what I'm trying to say is he wasn't just like a a second place hitting and good defensive shortstop. Yeah. He was a badass. Yeah. Like, you know, and everybody like on the team said it. <laughs> yeah, he did. He had the glasses, the big round right. glasses, and it's like, but you didn't want to mess with him. And, of course, uh, the other one, uh, Chipper Jones. Oh, there you uh, go. That guy, uh, and uh, he broke you know, our hearts a few times. Yeah, he did. And, uh, you know, I always, I always say to Braves fans all the time, if it wasn't for one lucky Dave Justice home run, they oh. never would have won a series. All right. those division championships right. that the Braves won in the nineties, yep. they were that's one hit that just got them. Yep. But the but my favorite thing is, you know, I'm not the biggest Yankee guy. I'm not. I, I right. have friends that are, but I just I don't hate them, but I just, you know, I, it's just I'm I'm not a big Yankees fan. But they going into that place, their crowds there <laughs> do some of the most amazing things. I remember one time they had a Remember uh, Bernie Williams? Yeah, they had somebody had a big thing. It was Homer Simpson. Hey Bernie, hit a and it had a picture yeah. of Homer Simpson. But the, the but the one that really was amazing was when and I don't know who thought this up or what fan thought it up or, or whatever. But his really his given name Chipper Jones was Larry. So you 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 heard this this whole thing in the Yankee Stadium. He came up to bat. Larry, Larry, this is the cutter. And as much as he likes to blow it off a little bit, he didn't like it yeah, at all. Right. You could tell he didn't like it. And it's funny, funny uh, little segue or drop-in references. Whenever I was watching a replay of the Cueto game yeah. with the home run right. where he dropped the ball, right. the announcers, the TBS announcers or yeah. whoever it was back then that was doing it, um, because the basketball guy that was doing the thing, the play-by-play, but right, right, right. they were they were mentioning that they everybody was going Quaid, oh right. and right. you was I was there, yeah, and you could hear it like ringing around the the, the park, and the guy the play-by-play guy said, "I've never heard anything like this at all in my life except one time is whenever the Yankee Stadium when they said right. Larry. Larry, so that was uh, so we got uh, we got one A on the whole chant thing on that right so, anyway. right. Moving, moving yeah, on. moving to the hard court. Uh, we got one tonight. Walt Frazier, Clyde, right? Clyde, <laughs> what? This is my gun, Clyde. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was. He was something. I mean, back in the day, I watched a, more basketball than then than I've ever watched in the last twenty fifteen years. But those, those Knicks teams with with the, the uh, 
prolific talent they had in this right. guy. They didn't call him the Glide for. I mean, Drexler, you know, Clyde, Clyde Drexler, Glide, yeah. you know, was was called, but this guy was one of the original. He was Glide, the Glide. masters. Yeah. So uh, that's that's one we come up with there. Not a lot of stuff to glean from that, but nope. just a tremendous tremendous player. Yep. Yep. And then. Uh, out to the gridiron with uh, Fran the Man Tarkenton. Yeah, the Mad Scrambler. I mean, it's I mean, eighteen seasons, and it's another one of these. Wow, one, another one of these guys to have. Unfortunately, the the scenario to lose three Stigma. Super Bowls. You know, like you know, Jim Kelly hasn't beat by one. Whoa, but I mean, that's that's the one you don't want to win. But right, I mean, it's you know, of course, the Steelers. Uh, beating the sixteen six, I think, in the one there, and then he had a couple other, couple other uh, losses in there. But I mean, he was one of the original guys that now guys are running around all over the place. But this guy, if you look at some, like just go past and go, Google or go on YouTube and watch him. Some of the you're talking about Houdini. Some of these uh, things that's like Keystone Cops. And he's like a he's like a short, like slow white guy. Yeah, I mean, and he and he's like dipping in and out, and like and then you know, recover and throw one ball like forty five yards down the field. Guys weren't doing that then. He was like the original scrambling, yeah. rambling guy. You know what I mean, Scott? Yep. yep. So amazing. Yep. And then uh, <clears throat> back and staying with the gridiron, uh, fan favorite and uh, not fan favorite, Cordell Stewart. <laughs> All at the same time. Yeah. Slash. Right. Slash. Uh, you know, and, and I, you know, I should have. That's what I should have done. I should have said fan favorite slash. slash. Not yeah, fan yeah, favorite. To, yeah. Right. You had to do that over. Um, but you know, Cordell. I mean, I. I mean, he was amazing. The one year, I think, was something like, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, had like 11 or so, 11 or 12 rushing touchdowns yeah. and another 21 passing. Yeah. You know, but I mean, look, the guy had to be, he really wanted to be a quarterback. They threw him in there in the slash role. He did pretty good there, you know, but, you know, he was, he was, a, he was a pretty, if you look at it, when I hear people talk about Michael Vick, okay. Yeah. And they talk about, because you know how people's legend can become, right. become bigger than the actual thing, right? right? If you look at both of their numbers, they're about the same. Right. They really are. I mean, and Mike Vick had way more like turnover fumbles, knocking guys to get knocking balls out of his yep. hand because he used to run around with the ball hanging out. Cordell's numbers stacked up against what people think are one of the better players ever. And really, Michael Vick really was not. I mean, the, the, he was, he was pretty good, but, but the, the aura and the, and, yeah. the, and the, and the legend, it was bigger than what the actual thing was. And look, Cordell, he had to, you know, go through this scenario with the, the slash wide receiver and quarterback. But well, I, I think yeah. some of the anyway. some of the problem was from the coaching staff. How I many different I, offensive coordinators were there? Back yeah, then? yeah, and you know, and three I, or four. I, I think you know certainly Bill Cowher didn't do him any service uh, that uh, near the end there. <laughs> no, um, and and he saved their bacon a couple times, and I, yeah, I. He was a unique talent. I mean, he, I can still, was a unique talent. I can still I, see him at Colorado, like yeah. throwing a ball like eighty-five yards down the field yeah. in the game, like he flicked it overtime or whatever. But you know, I mean, I and, and speaking of Cowher, I could still see the spit and yeah. stuff coming down his chin when he was trying to get Cordell's attention from yeah. the second. Cordell, <laughs> Cordell, I know you can hear me. <laughs> As in, I think they were playing Tampa and they were losing. Yeah. Just anyway, All right, onward, yeah. onward okay. uh, to the frozen uh, tundra with uh, our, our our fan favorite uh, show favorite hockey and uh, Lucky Pierre. Yeah, and that Lucky Pierre wasn't just on the ice, by the way. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a guy that came into this city as this, you know, barely barely English speaking and probably not at the time he got here. Didn't matter. But he had yeah. the he had the golden boy looks and he had the game to match it and the speed and the and the you know um the only guy that may have you know 
equaled him at, uh, was, uh, you know, who was the uh, guy, the superstar, uh, what's his name, from the 09 uh, Penguins team that was lived down on the south side when he scored the two goals against Detroit in the, uh, in the 09 Oh, Max, Max Talbot. Talbot. Yeah. Yeah, superstar. Superstar. Uh, he, he, he pretty much, he pretty much, I'm not sure there's anything in the south side he didn't, uh, <laughs> he didn't have something to do with. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I, I had, a, I had a, the privilege of watching when my sister and I had season tickets in C8. Uh, this is back in the time he was playing, early 70s, mid-70s. And tickets, that's center ice, by the way, at the yeah, old arena. Yeah. You know what those tickets were per ticket, Scott? Uh, $8. I was going to say 10 8 I've been off, yeah. That's insane. And, uh, Grade 8. Center ice, and that was uh, like halfway up. But, uh, did you ever get a chance to meet Pierre? I did. I, I met him at the 50-year anniversary okay. thing down, down in the Strip District. Yeah. They had it at the, 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 the museum, yeah. the sports museum. Him and Trottier, get yeah. this. I'm glad you asked that. And I'm actually not glad you asked it all at the same time. I was walking in. I had, my sister had bought me this long sleeve uh, shirt. That's like, it was not a t-shirt, but it was a long sleeve, like kind of jersey. It had yeah. the 50 year patch. As I'm walking in, here comes uh, Pierre and Brian Trottier. Yeah. I was like, this is insane. So they, they come they come walking in, right? Because, you know, Pierre's good friends with yep. Mario. He's yep. at yep. all these things all the time. They're walking in. I asked this security guy, like this old guy. Yeah. I had this, I just got a, I didn't have a smartphone for, I mean, I, I, I it was like one of my first smartphones. So I'm going with a picture. Yeah. And the guy's going, I can take the picture. It was perfect picture. Yeah. And we, they had the same ones on. Yeah. Like they had the same right. ones. And the guy takes a picture. And I, you know how you always go, let me see that, whatever. I don't know what happened. I guess I was caught up in talking yeah. to them. I get in the picture. It didn't take. Oh come on! How do you mess that up? I he mean, didn't the thing was right there, he didn't and you hit it. the little button. Yeah. I don't know how he screwed it up. And yeah. He was an older guy, but he wasn't like a fossil. Like he wasn't, <laughs> you know, he wasn't like you know on oxygen or anything. Right. But anyway, that, that really peed me. Well, up. I, I actually uh, met Pierre. I, uh, I know you and I talked about this, but I a couple uh, in the late two thousands, I played in a couple fantasy camps with the Penguins. Oh. And, and Pierre was uh, the coach of my team. Wow. And uh yeah, and, and actually Trottier was on the opposing team. Really? But he was wasn't coaching, he was playing. He was playing. But I'll tell you, you what. So you played against Brian Trottier, yeah. basically you're trying to tell me. Yep, yep. Uh, and uh a couple of Lemieux's brother his brother and a couple of his cousins. Um I got yeah, some pictures. Elaine, I think yep, is his Elaine, brother. Yep, I got a good picture of me chasing Elaine in the corner. Wow. Um, Did you like elbow him and stuff? And no, no, I was still trying to catch him. I was still trying to catch him. Gordy Howe elbows and out. uh but I'll tell you, man. I, I, you know, it, it, that. So this is like 2006, 2007. I, I can see why uh, he was called Lucky Pierre. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And that, that, just leave it at that. I mean, I, just, I can imagine like back then. And let's uh, stay. Let's stay with Penguin. No, 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 no. The, the, the. Oh the yeah, Quebec, yeah, the Quebecers. Correct, Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur. Amazing. Uh, I had a chance to meet him down at one of the games I was playing in down at the arena, and uh, and uh, said to me uh what's your name told him you know and he said well you know you can uh, oh bless you thank you uh sign a stick for it. i said no 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 no. we're not allowed to do that we're, we're not allowed to interact with you know the guys playing right. when we're playing and we're not uh i'm not I, i'll get I'll, I'll i'll take some major shit for this he's a, he said do you know who i am he said it doesn't matter. I'm Guy Lafleur. Like yeah. So he's basically saying, like, I don't care about whatever these people say. You're with me now. Right. So, he's, so he signed one of those Canadian sticks he used to wear with the white, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The white paint. Yep. You know, whatever. And I still have it. You Actually, have the stick. I do. I still have it. But um, anyway, yeah, he was, I mean, the hair, the golden locks flowing yeah. without the helmets, yeah. you know. And it, 
we talked about that. I think last episode we talked about those teams and they just were, they were just, you know, like a, they were just like a circus on ice. I mean, it was just like, you're, you're playing and you're, you're doing the ice capades and they're doing like the, you know, the, <laughs> the, the major hockey thing on you. Well, my favorite like, thing was back yeah. in the seventies, if you were, I know you remember, but some of the fans might not, the glass mid ice was lower. Oh yeah, and it was hard. It was it was hard, but it wasn't as high. No, it like wasn't as the high. end boards, right? right. So as kids, we used to go down, and you could stand on the wall part, and you could reach over, and after the game, the players would come out and hand you a stick. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So my buddy, who whose parents had the uh, seats in D twenty four, we'd go down and, and I'm trying to remember that it was uh, Pat uh, uh, Pat Hughes. Useless, we used to call it. Yeah, useless, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but he gave him a Canadian stick. Okay. So that that's kind yeah, of the white painted yeah, yeah, uh, yep. deal. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. So and and uh, let's uh, let's round out hockey with uh Bardizzle fan favorite. Ronnie Franchise, yep. also named Ron Ron Francis by name, by real name. I mean probably the I mean you would probably agree. I mean the single best trade ever made, you know, by the Penguins in in the 92 season when they had won the first cup uh, or no, sorry, I apologize. They were going to, to for the first yep. cup and they had won a uh-huh. division. Uh, but prior to that, you know, they were floundering around at, at certain points and they, and they, and they, they had a piece that, that was there that John Cullen, yeah. who was, you know, him and Recky uh, played together. And Stevens. Yeah. And um, that was the know, option line, the option line. Right. And, 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 and then, uh, you know, he was the second leading. People don't remember this, maybe, but he, John Cullen was the second leading scorer in the NHL when they traded him. Yeah, you know, at that time, and, and but they looked at this what they needed to get, which was they they completely retooled Craig Patrick, that is Penguin GM at the time, retooled that whole defense, getting um, Olf Samuelson, who just manhandled uh, you know, the, uh, the Bruins eventually later on in the playoffs, and. Uh, Grant Jennings, who was like a you know a kind of a throw-in serviceable yeah. guy, and then but Ronnie Francis, and I, I saw something re- recently that the the thing the first cup was on, which was just yeah. a whole a montage of that, and, and and Craig Patrick even said he said you know I don't think people in the league didn't even know how good Ronnie Francis was because he was a hard for Whalers, yeah, you know they weren't going anywhere. He was a good player, but you know they realized when you plug him into that lineup how formidable this mm-hmm. this guy was. And he said even like peers and things didn't realize how good he was. And he's so many huge goals. I mean, that at 93, when we should have won three in a yeah. row, I mean, he ties the game. And, you know, of course, the, you know, we ended up he willed us, he willed us back, yeah. willed us back into that game, which, which would, you know, you know should have won. And um, it's just his, his career as a, you know, as a GM and everything yeah. beyond that. He's, he's obviously a great hockey guy beyond, his talent, but but now but, he's the GM of the Kraken. The Kraken, right? Exactly. <laughs> those, those lizards from the Northwest. Right, right, yep, right. So, anyway. Yeah, and again, you know, fan favorite. And as you said, I, I'm I'm trying to think, and, and maybe there is a better trade in all of sports, but I can't think of one right now. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, at least in Penguin lore, I mean, there's no question because and he kept and the thing is about it is that the, about. You know, it's, it's no wonder that, that that Herb Brooks wanted Craig Patrick as his assistant coach in the eighty Olympic team because yeah. this guy that, that that was the biggest one he made at the end. But he other picking up Larry Murphy, right? You know, you know, Gord, you know Gordy Roberts, right? He just he retooled that whole defense in the middle of the season. 
Like he realized that the defense just wasn't good enough and they needed to be more physical. They needed, you know, I mean, they, and they just brought in people like that, that, you know, had certain skill sets that they knew if they were going to actually make a run at this thing. So that, that was the, the marquee one that he right. made, but he made several other ones year. Um, there, there's, there's a, a few other ones that were, that were, that were made, uh, Randy Gillen, yep. who, who ended up, I was at game St. five. Louis, right? yeah, yeah, I believe so. And Randy Gillen, I was at game five here, right. whenever, whenever they, they wanted to go up on the series three games to two. And he scored a big goal, like to, yep. to, to, to go ahead. And he's a role player. And uh, I think Craig Patrick was maybe one of the best at knowing that you have to have a mixture of yep. a lot of different type yep. of people and he, he's not going to lean on like Mario Recchi yeah. or lean on, lean on all these guys coffee he, he realized that he needed some other depth yep. players depth scoring and defending players and uh, it was that was that was great for him but uh, yeah Ronnie Franchise amazing yep absolutely um, and heading off to actually the pitch Number ten's a big one, right? Yeah, three three big ones. I'm we're going to go into a lot of this because I don't know about. I will have one th- something to say about the one guy, Pele. Pele. A lot of one name guys on yeah. that team, like Rildo, Escandarian. Like we're right. talking about the New York Cosmos now. Back in the old oh, the Cosmos. Oh yeah. I used to back go to my cousin's. Yeah, I used to go to my cousin's place. Who we had our we actually had our graduation party at the same time because it was like we graduated at the same time, so we had it at his parents' place. Man, uncle's place, but we would watch those games because they were they were they were highly skilled. And I, again, I remember well, what's with the guys with one name: Pele, yeah. Escandarian, Rildo. Yeah. <laughs> like, does, does anybody have a first name or a last name here? Well, even, Pele was on, right, the even, bicycle kick. Pele, yeah, was the whole thing. Right in the World Cup yeah. in Brazil. Um, you might have more to say about these other guys: Maradona, Messi. No, I, I mean, they're. I, I think it's probably hard to relay to the Bardizel. Uh, oh. We'll watch it, yeah. uh, the, the Bar Dizzle fans. But uh, and and frankly, we got th- three single names here, right, right on our, our page, right? Uh, Diego Maradona and right. uh, Lionel Messi, right? But we have it listed out as Pele, right? Maradona and Messi, right? And uh, just just great players. Um, yeah, so. I knew I knew those guys had first names. I just I happened to just, <laughs> I happened to just they were actually given a given name. But, uh, well, but yeah. that's what they were known as, right? As you know, yeah, every, that's like saying Brady. Yeah, it's like saying Madonna. You know, you just, everybody knows you just say Madonna. You know, right, to say like right, right, right. And anyway. uh, with that, uh, let's uh, let's head out the break, and we're going to come back with uh, some Steelers. Here we, Here we didn't two point three point three point oh, and uh, disappointment, sad trombone, as you like to say. Wah, wah, wah. Here we go. All right, Dave, we're back, and um, this segment keeps getting darker and darker and darker. <laughs> Here we didn't go. Uh, 3.0. Yeah. Uh, one, one, one dash 3 and 0. Um, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen with all this mess, but uh, obviously 1 and 3 now with the, the, uh, the loss to the, the Bengals and uh, – you know, we we kind of went over that uh, that situation a little bit last time, uh, but uh, you know, I, I I just look. The only thing I'm just going to say, I'm going to go over this again real quickly, is if the offense seems to be your issue, then change the damn thing. You, you can't tell me that. Oh, we don't have a fullback in this kind of offense. We don't have this. We don't have like 
you can't you can't draw a play in the dirt. You can't put a fullback in. You can't put a second tight end in. You have a, a guy like Pat Fryermouth who could. Well, every time they get inside the twenty, this guy should be a target. Every single yeah, time he should be a target. How, and you're throwing the ball like five yards behind the line of scrimmage, five yards, and, and you need ten for the first down. You're throwing it five yards, and you have a guy that's six seven, two hundred sixty some pounds. Two out of three things can happen <clears throat> that are good. He's going to catch it. <laughs> it's going to be pass interference. And the other one can be incomplete because if you throw it high enough, it's not getting intercepted. Right. So, so there's only one bad thing can happen can be incomplete. Right. So, just if if your sophistication of your offense is so tight that you can't change some things up, then that's a real problem. I mean, I, we're only four games in, right? What do you I, think? Yeah. No, I would say that uh, you're you're right in line with where I'm thinking. It's it's and it yeah, draw it in a third, but. Like you lose to Cincinnati, that really just can't happen, uh, especially after losing to Las Vegas at home. Yeah. With so it, it it it's it's like there it's 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 full reset reboot. You know, you're 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 on the phone with Microsoft trying to reload the software. Yeah. And and to your point, it's like you in, in the index of your playbook there. You, you can't. I, I just don't understand if if, if you're a professional offensive coordinator you have to have a second volume somewhere yeah right i mean there's to your point right i just it it it, yeah you have to be able to to change on the fly so to speak use a hockey term but but, yeah and and to go for let's 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 let's, uh get a little bit more up to date on this the green bay packers was the latest loss and i did say that on here i would say that you know i thought they're gonna come back and win this and I i thought that they had a really good chance now the blocked punt for a touchdown uh, was a bad call. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry. It's a bad call. Everybody, even the the referee that they have, it's from here. But I mean, he's a very good guy. You know, Gene Steratore, who's the referee that they have right. in, in in the booth that, that, that looks over. He says time after time, people when they when they when they you know time the snap when the ball is moving, it appears as if you know that they may have jumped, but they're not. To me, that should be a a reviewable call. Yeah, and B mm-hmm. is like you just can't get that wrong. I mean, because that's a ten point swing right. flip. Oh, now yeah. I'm not saying that that was you know gonna gonna make me a winner and make them a winner right. in this, but that's a huge momentum thing. And they were in that game. They were, but that flips the script. Oh, and, for and, sure. And, and and it's a big it's a big deal. But you know, going forward, they still couldn't really stop. Uh, Mr. Rogers and he was uh, he was all over the neighborhood Speedy throwing over. the ball around. But here's the weird aside to this: we we all know about the Steelers stuff that's happening here right now, so we don't go too far into this. Four games in, we'll see. But what's with this love affair with the Rogers Tomlin Steelers thing? Did they really think that there's some way that he's going to play for the Steelers? I, I, How can I you do that cap wise? I, I think it, that, I think it's many. I think it is too. I mean. But everybody keeps uh, taking this and running with it in the media like they love to do. But, I mean, Ben's still on the hook. They're still on the hook with money from Ben, even if he walks away this year, after after this year. They're still on the hook for paying him. It's still going to be against the cap. They have to like, get rid of, like, 10 players to, like, be able to uh, – and five or six starters to be able to work somebody like that in. Didn't they think it's more fantasy than reality, Scott? Absolutely. Would I like to see it happen? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And – in, in my well, so first of all, let's. I'm going to back up. At, at this point in the season, I expected them to be two and two. Uh, me as well. Yep. So Green Bay, the, Green Bay, and Buffalo being losses. Right. What I expected. They're, they're they're not that far off nope, from that. It's so only one. It, right. It, right. So it's not panic time yet. No. But 
when you you cut deeper into it and and you look at as you started going down the offensive coordinator path, and whether it's him or it's Ben refusing to follow his guidance, coaching, whatever, and 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 call, run the play that's called right because at the end of the day, a play is called. The quarterback has to go through his progressions or what pre pre snap whatever analysis. I don't yeah. know what's going on there, but I think it's a problem. And you can't just you, you can't stand in the pocket that long. I know we keep talking about this, but not with got, that offensive you line. Have, you have to be able to either move, right. And look, <laughs> Zach Banner is supposed to be back maybe in a couple of weeks. People forget he's not even played. So he, is he, he related the, to the Hulk. Uh, no, that's Bruce Banner. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know. So there's been some injuries and some things and, and some young people and whatever. And uh, so you're going back to your go-to the, yeah. uh, right all day. Um, apparently all night IPA. <laughs> but um, so look, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that work there, but as a, as the field general of this team, that's been around for 17 years, you cannot be that big of a part of the problem. I mean, throw the damn ball away, live to fight another down. That's one thing that's always been a problem for him, trying to think he can do too much. And he was already without Claypool in that game against Green yeah. Bay. He's already under, you know, and Washington hadn't played much, so he doesn't get very many reps. So how are you going to expect him to be on his complete game? Look, you know, you can make a bad situation worse. And that's what oh, he's been have. doing. That's what he's been doing. Is, 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 so well, he, and, and, uh, and but, to be fair, how many two or three tight end sets are they running? How many two I, I, tight end sets? In not a, in hardly a any that I've seen at all. And, I, and, and I'm telling you, I, I watch camp. I watch like Derek Watt is a he's a formidable fullback. He's in great shape. I saw him doing some amazing things down there before the season started. And there's some times when you just have to line up and, like I said, just play your men against their men. And and you can Crunch make it out. you can and you can make different you can you can do different things off of that set. You don't have to just drive it into the micro power. You can play action off it, but you got to show some people some different looks. If they yeah, don't win this sure. game against Denver, now it looks like that maybe that uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater might come back and play possibly. But it, 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 let's say if it ends up being Drew Locke, if they can't beat the the right. combo platter of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> right. I mean that we may be looking at a season that could be lost. And if that's the case. One in four is getting to be kind of serious. One in four uh, you know, is going to turn uh, and into and especially a home loss against Denver. I mean, they have a good defense. Okay, don't get me wrong. Right, but you know, at this point, you know, do you start thinking, you know, we get one in five, two and five, two? Yeah. Like, hey, we're only one game off of our predictions. But if it starts getting this bad, do you start getting the reindeer in there and saying, look, we have to look towards next, and we end up finish? They end up they end up finishing, not me, but they end up finishing. Six and eleven, or something like that, yeah. they, and they get a better quarterback situation in the draft, and they actually go after their franchise quarterback. I don't know. We're not there yet, but my my whole point is just going back to Ben. You you, you just got to be a better general out there. And and if I'm him, I'm going into the into the war room, and I'm saying, listen, we need to change this, this, and this. Right. We need to have. I am the quarterback here. I've been here for long enough. This is what I want. And in this Matt Canada, he keeps always saying, well, it's Ben's offense. It's Ben's offense. I'm like, okay, well, then if that's the case. Well, they're pointing the finger at each other. I, I know. But it's it's just so – it seems Lack there's of, some correctable uh, things. There's there, Right. And, and there's – Schematically. So why don't we uh, transition quickly to pucks? It's like this special two-hour, uh, uh, like, love boat episode, Dad. You know, we're just going <laughs> to – that's what we're going to do right here. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, so I, you know, I was up at camp uh, today – I've been up there randomly at different times, and 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 I, we don't want to go too far into this because uh, Tuesday, August twelfth, it starts for real 
uh, down in Tampa, and the lineup sons, uh, Sid and Gino, is starting to take some shape. Um, we just want I just want to take a couple quick hits to, to, to see where th- things look like. Uh, a, a couple standouts. Drew O'Connor, just go ahead and write that in indelible ink in your lineup because this kid's <clears throat> making this team. That's that's I not mean, a racer made, in it, other words. No, no, no. I mean, this is no, you don't need, I mean, this, and you see his nimbleness. Yeah. Like he had these turnaround shots, like in the slot, in the mm-hmm. high slot. Mm-hmm. And, and you think, okay, well, that's pretty good. This guy's like six four six five. He's got a big kid. Yep. This isn't some Mark Recchi like wheeling yep. and dealing in the middle. He's making these moves as a person of his right. size, and he, you can you can just palpably see the difference between yeah. year one and year two with this guy. Right, he gets it. And it's not just the goals because the goals are the goals, whatever. But he's in good position. He got speed. He's got size. And when you go and watch this team, Scott, it's funny. I you know how we sat behind the net. A couple of times yep. when you were doing your yep. multitasking with your headphones, <laughs> the one time with your noise canceling headphones, I actually I, I was up top. Yeah. And I said, "I'm going to get down on ice level," and boy, can you see this 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 Hextall influence? It, it looks like a bunch of timber. It looks like redwoods in California. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to even see through people. Like, yeah. who, who is that? Because everybody's so big, right? So you can just see the stamp he's put on people: Zahorna, O'Connor, you know, uh, all these different people that he's that he's put in that lineup. Um, and, you know, uh, things are going to shake out. We'll see who ends up. But I, I kind of agree using your thing you said, um, player, you isolated a couple weeks ago or so. Uh, Zahorner, he looks good. I mean, he, he, he looks like yeah. he, he looks like he could be on this team, probably bottom six. But, you know, I mean, uh, Erod was back in there. Yeah. He looks like he may slot in as the I, second center. I think center. he's in. Yeah, we we oh, talked yeah. about he it a couple a, weeks he ago. He might be line yeah. two center, you know. Well, and. He, yeah. And but but Kapanen is another one. He well, is just yeah, he might have a he might have a huge breakout. season. Breakout. Like huge. He looks so good and so fast. He's snappalicious. He is we like to say, right? Snappy cappy. <laughs> so uh, but we'll look I don't want to go into too much of this because the last preseason game is tomorrow night. Right. right. I, and that game against Columbus, I believe, is the, the Coach Sullivan had already said that they're gonna, you're going to see more of like what the lineup's really going to look like Tuesday. So they've pared some things down and whatever. So it's still a little too early to get it. But when we on the next show, we'll, we'll really have some some information on yeah. what's going on yeah. because uh, we're going to be what's so what's today the uh, the eighth eighth. So we'll already be we'll already be into the first games yeah. by the time yeah. we, we meet again. So it might even be the stuff. second one by the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they, I think they go like Tuesday, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. And so. uh, you know, uh, Coach Sullivan, he uh, he took a puck off the head. Yeah, isn't that so funny? Isn't that so perfectly Boston or yeah. whatever? Because yeah. you know, he gets the thing, he gets the hit, and he goes down with a big towel on the head yeah. and whatever. And of course, he comes back, and I'm sure somebody said, "Hey, you want to put the bandage over there." He's like, "No." Not. No, no bandage. Yeah. <laughs> it's like typical, you know. And all hockey people are tough anyway. But could you imagine telling Coach Sullivan we're going to put a band aid or something on your? He'd be, he'd be like double tall man right here. I'm not wearing no band aid. Double tall man. Okay, that's right. tremendous. <laughs> anyway, all right, Dave. Hey, I'm going to take us out to the break and uh, smoke if you get them. All right, we're back from the break, and uh, Dave, guess what time it is? Here we go. Not those guys. But Not those guys. Okay. Go ahead. God. I got to work on that. Yours is always louder. Pisses me off. So you want me to start? Yeah. You want, yeah. Okay. So I... Tonight I'm rolling out uh, 
uh, a complete drive-by when I was, I was at House of a Thousand Beers because I was up in that area doing something else. And uh, I said, well, let me get something we haven't seen before or tasted before. And this company is against the grain. I had to look them up, but uh, they're, you know, just a, you know, random company, Louisville, Kentucky, at gbrewery.com. Uh, so against the grain, uh, here is their double IPA, which I don't think is dry hop. So we're getting into some serious stuff here. Citra, C-I-T-R-A, <laughs> Citra ass down. There you go. <laughs> wow. It harkens back to me, the A.J. Burnett, when he was with the Pirates, when he would, he would like, get a guy out, strike a guy out, and he'd be sit something else down. Exactly. With the letter F. Right. Uh, but anyway, uh, homage to him. So I'm going to pour this in a little cup here for you. And uh, this, again, not, uh, not uh, sampled before by either of us and Scott shoving over his thing here, but we'll do your, my, my thing yeah. first. So it's uh, 8.2 ABV. Um, I don't see the IBUs. Get a little here. closer to the mic there, Dave. Well, sorry. I got away from myself a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, a pretty decent pop on the ABV, but um, I'll read the little snippet. Sits her ass down and crush this beer. <laughs> this beer is not candy or mother's milk. It is not brewed by gypsies or aliens, nor does it contain any zombie dirt. This, this, <laughs> is, <laughs> this is a double IPA brewed with citra hops. It is sticky, hoppy, and delicious. Simply drink it and enjoy it. Don't hoard this beer. Citra ass down and drink it now. <laughs> wow, what is that good? Well, let's, ordering let's, me around. And let's 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 taste it. Hopefully, hopefully it's as good as the uh, the, good. the 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 pros there. Okay, here we go. Hmm. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's definitely not dry hop because there's a lot of stuff up front. It's hitting the hitting the front part of the palate and the back. As opposed to like having a malt finish type of thing. This well, is... yeah, but you, you drank my beer first there. Oh, I did. Yeah, Jesus Lord. <laughs> God. So this is my first one. Good grief! <laughs> I've already lost control. Of my... I have to like. Let me... I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll clean my palate with some uh, a little sip of uh, screwball whiskey. There you go. Okay, here we go. Let's 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 try now. And then you always have to remember what the last one tastes like when you go to mine. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> I have to wash my mouth out with soap like my mom used to tell yeah, me. Yeah, right. Um, no, it's good, Yeah, though. it's good, though. It's good. It's not completely... I just said bar dizzle first that I actually drank the wrong beer first. God, I need help. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I, I think more... I think it's good. I, I, I just... I, I think... It, I wouldn't call it pedestrian because that's not the right thing. I, I, I just think that it... It, it's one one of the things that I know that you like it. And you're not you're not getting a fist in the mouth. No, 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 no. It's a little more upfront just because it's a little not bit double but, dried because it's right, uh, right. But the, the finish is pretty. Yeah, it's not overpowering. It's not, it's not painful. No, not overpowering. Yeah, I mean, I could you know this is a, a sixteen ouncer. Hmm. Yeah, that, that'll play. All right, so. So let me. You have to remember what mine tastes like. Well, you go ahead and uh, do this uh, thing here. Let me so, see so I've got Lagunitas IPA, and it's it's. I've never actually really had that. I've seen it. Well, now but you I've have. Never really, you uh, just didn't even know it. Um, <laughs> poet and didn't even know right, it. So, right. 
It's doggone good. Yeah, doggone good. It's uh, ruthlessly delicious, a, a well-rounded, highly drinkable IPA, a bit of caramel malt, uh, barely barley, <clears throat> excuse me, provides the richness that mellows out the twang of the hops. And I think you kind of were, were headed that way when you were yeah. drinking the wrong beer. Sure. Okay. Um, and and it, it says, best enjoyed from mustache. I have no idea what that means. So... If you get that on your thing, you yeah. can get it like that yeah, comes yeah. on your yeah. mustache. Yeah. Like you have food, like oh, that's right. You had the eighties mustache. Eat, eat I, forgot, the, uh, I forgot about I did, that. Yeah, I did have an eighties mustache. This uh, almost this almost harkens back a little bit to the blood orange thing, just a little. I mean, not not too orangey, though, yeah. but but kind of a similar note. And, and, and then in in big red quotes, it says all the mouth fills and a few more you didn't even know existed. How about the little ring up at the top? Look at yeah. that. What that says. Well, what's it say? What was originally intended as a simple reconnaissance mission off the Western Trail soon took a turn off the deep end. Wow. Okay. Here, here's here's the best thing, though, Dave. Uh, so uh, alcohol by volume or ABV 6.2, so pretty pretty respectable. Yeah. 51.5. I don't know if I've ever seen a fraction on an IBU no, before. No, no, neither have I. A point anything. Yeah. No. How did, they, how did they split that hair so fine? Uh, it's not 50. It's no, 50. No, it's not 52. <laughs> uh, you're, it's a year-round release. Um, I've had it on tap before. I've had it in a bottle. And as, as you know, I with the, the beer fridge I have here, cans uh, fit very nicely. Yep. Yes, however, yes, they do. However, they have the 12-ounce can, which is, which is in front of you there. Yep. But they also have one of our favorite sizes, the 19.2. They do have that. Wow. Uh, just like our uh, Bardizzle fan favorite uh, all-day IPA. Oh, of course. Yeah, that one's just a, such a staple. Um, yeah, this is... Yeah, it's not... Would you say it's it's not orangey, but is it... No. It's, it's, it, 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 to me, this is the strongest malt IPA, I, malt backbone IPA that I've okay. tried. Mm. Well, it's from you, coming from you, I think that... Yeah, I can see that. You know, one of the things I like is that Again, I, like way back when, all there was was this pine cone taste. Of right. A lot, a lot of yeah, IPAs. We talked about that. Yeah, Christmas tree. IPAs, yeah. Christmas tree, right. <clears throat> By the way, a uh, uh, real-time show update. The Citra Ass Down, uh, 68 on the IBUs. Okay. 68. Okay, so you, you out IBU'd me tonight. Yeah. Yeah, say that fast three times. Yeah, that, <laughs> but, uh, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. All right, what are we doing? Well, I you know we're 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 also chasing with our uh, show Bardizzle show favorite uh, screwball peanut butter whiskey, just to cleanse the palate. Just to cleanse just the palate. Just a tiny. And, and we're still chasing down the uh, hard truth. Uh, and, yeah. And, and, although Richard gave us a, a recipe that we'll have to run down with uh, separate peanut butter and separate whiskey or uh, separate yeah, chocolate. He, he he kind of broke that down scientifically. You know. People are actually mixing these concoctions anymore. God, like a mad scientist. Oh, that, that screwball was good. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's super light. I, I agree with what he said because it's kind of like it's almost like a little bit. He said licorice or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely it's more, dessert. You don't yeah. you don't have like the hint of like a whiskey. Where hard truth, you definitely can feel a little bit of the whiskey. You can't even, handle the truth, even, right? Okay, so what's next on the? Well, I think we're gonna, we're going to head off the break here, and uh, we're going to come back with. Um, the famous birthday segment that is the crowd pleaser. Ah, uh, yes, show favorite. All right, we'll be back in a minute.
All right, Dave, we're coming back to a fan favorite segment of uh, events and birthdays. And uh, what do you got on tap? All right. So uh, on this date in 1956, in Game 5 of the World Series, Yankees pitcher Don Larson tossed a perfect game against the Brooklyn Dodgers at Yankee Stadium. Uh, the Yanks would win the, go on to win the series in seven games. Larson actually, he didn't think he'd start again in the series because he got roughed up in game two, Scott. He got yep. pulled in the second inning, and a lot of stuff was going on in his life. His wife was about to sue him for divorce. And he, Those are so fun I, times. Apparently, he was like hitting the happy sauce most nights because he was <laughs> going through some some rough times. But, right. but when he got, and this is a true thing here, when he got to the to the locker room the day of the game, he found a baseball in his shoe, which was manager Casey Stengel's signal that he was starting. They did that okay. back then. It was weird. Right. Imagine if that's nowadays. No way a guy's going to get told like, 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 hey, D, uh, you know, uh, gargle that whiskey breath away and tow this lab. You know? <laughs> they, they, these guys know way in advance that yeah. they, you know, what they're doing, right. especially in a World Series. I mean, yeah. geez, so uh, that was a crazy thing. But, a quick question uh, yeah. on that: uh, Is that the only perfect game in the World Series? Yeah, only one. Okay. Only one. Yeah, right. Exactly. And uh, some interesting stuff that just fun facts that are related to that. <laughs> and, and Mr. Larson just passed like in 18 or 19. He was 90. Right. He just passed away not too long ago. Um, his license plate number was DL000, representing wow. his initials and the no run, no <laughs> right. hit, no air line score for the perfect game. <laughs> That's beautiful. And uh, the headline in the New York Daily News uh, the next day, it's read Zero Hero. There you go. New York Daily News. And a, a really wild one, which I never knew this until I you know, just looked this up. Joe Torrey was a 16-year-old spectator at that game. He sat in the left field upper deck. Torrey, is, you know, of course, his manager of the right. New York Yankees, was present in the Yankee dugout during perfect games thrown by David Wells in 1998 and by David Cohn in 99. And thus, he was a witness to all three of the perfect games ever pitched in Yankee Stadium. He wow. was there for all three. One and one, he was like young. But uh, Torrey's also, you know, they, they talk, you know, talked about uh, his his career after right. that and everything like that. But that was, uh, I thought, a wild thing. And uh, so... And that yeah. was the same Yankee Stadium. That's not New York. Yeah, no, the old right, stadium. Right, right. They, they should just call so arrogantly the stadium. Right. You hear the Yankees broadcast. But, and Larson was in Yankee Stadium for two of baseball's 15 modern perfect games, his own in 56, and in David Cohn's in 99, he was in attendance. And uh, Cohn's happened to occur on Yogi Berra Day, and uh, Larson threw out the... Ceremonial first pitch to Bear before the game. Uh, Larson would later claim that Cone's perfect game was the first game he had ever seen in person from start to finish since his retirement. Okay. So, pretty wild. But and and the last thing um, it was wild was David Wells, who we talked about before, the, the hefty lefty there. Uh, through his perfect game in '98, it, it was noted that coincidentally Larson and Wells both attended San Diego's Point Loma High School, and uh, Larson phoned Wells to congratulate him, and later told a reporter he won't forget it; he'll think about it every day, like I do. So, how yeah. about that? Two guys from the same high school through perfect games. Yeah, did I thought you, I thought you told me something pre-show about L Larson's wife on the date of the his perfect game. Uh well yeah he I mean he he was he was going through this divorce right you know and and she was like so, like the next day he was served with papers right so on the day <laughs> yeah like, then, <laughs> like right yeah so the, that was you know, crazy so Jesus uh, anyway but uh, that that was the only real major one I saw out there and uh, I thought I'd just throw that well one. that was that was six degrees to Kevin Bacon and everybody else <laughs> Jesus that right. was that There's was a interesting lot of stuff, stuff yeah. the whole thing about Tory being yeah. there at sixteen years old all three yeah so he sees all three but one of them he was a fan so yeah. on to the birthdays. Uh, starting out our birthday lineup, 
Jason Bourne. Oh, yeah. The talented Mr. Ripley and that janitorial <laughs> genius Will Hunting, <laughs> a.k.a. Matt Damon, is 51 years old today, Scott. Uh, how do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, movies that... Uh, MD has appeared in have grossed over $3.8 billion at North American box offices. That's with a B, folks. With a B. Billion dollars, uh, Man of Mystery would say. Making him one of the highest grossing actors of all time, obviously. So have a wicked potty tonight. And, uh, <laughs> tell Mr. Affleck we said hi if you two are still on good terms. And Matt, we're sure glad you're not one of the departed. <laughs> uh, next one up uh, is Sigourney Weaver. Oh, yeah. Uh, when her body isn't being possessed by aliens or real nasty phantasm somewhere in New York City, is still a working girl and heartbreaker. <laughs> As she turns 72 today. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if she were to do another one of those aliens movies, I mean, Scott, what would the number be up to? Like part pie or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did a bunch of those bad boys. I mean, who could forget her character? And who could forget her character? as Dana Barrett hovering over her bed as she yelled out to Dr. Peter Venkman, a.k.a. Bill Murray, <laughs> I want you inside of me, she cried out. And Mr. Venk, Dr. Venkman so eloquently responds, uh, it's a little too crowded in there for, <laughs> for me. <laughs> so here, here's hoping your 72nd is filled with joy and the, and the party guest list is free of Slimers. Oh, boy. Happy birthday, Sigourney. Um, and last but not least... As he turned the page, Bob Seger style. There you go. Uh, and speaking of old SNL, Saturday Night Live actor references, that man who was so famous they named a town after him in Maryland, <laughs> he wishes anyway, Chevy Chase. Boom. Is 78 trombones today, oh, there Scott. You go. Uh, do you know his real name is Cornelius Crane? No. Ichabod's son, apparently. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, shocking he'd want to opt out of that last name or yeah. that name, Scott. No of course, a uh, star of as many stellar episodes of the original SNL cast, but yeah, it's his movie career that most of us out there fondly remember, and including, of course, his role as the great Ty Webb in there Caddyshack, where he dropped more lines than your average deep-sea fisherman. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, Chevy, here at the BD, we're, we're glad you haven't gone to that big lumberyard <laughs> yet, and uh, thanks for reminding us that this isn't Russia, is it? This isn't Russia, is it? <laughs> and that there's a force in the universe that makes things happen, and all we have to do is get in touch with it. Stay on course, CC, and tell your decorator, Benny Hanna, we said hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that wraps up uh, number show X event, one event, and birthday stop. All right, thanks, Dave. We'll be back. All right, Dave, we're at the point where we're going to start to wrap up. Uh, we uh, ran a little long, but... Uh, it's a two-hour love boat special. Two, That's what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, thanks to uh, Richard Meyer um, to uh, come on and, and, and chat about uh, his father. Incredible and, stuff. And, and all the stuff that he accomplished in his life. And hopefully the Bardizzle crowd loves our, uh, or appreciates our... Diversity of diversity content. And... Uh, our thirst for different things. We'll, we'll bring back music uh, segments in, in future episodes. We, yep. we trimmed a couple other things tonight and uh, yeah, just a quick thought. How about the Shaw of Iran palace? Yeah. What the hell's up with that? Yeah. I never heard that in the 35 yeah. years I've known him. Yeah. I, and, he's never rolled that one. And, 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 Holy and, moly. And, uh, I think we got a, well, we, we, uh, I don't know if we can use uh, my, my first thought was when we, we were going through that segment was uh, a show name. 
But I, I don't know if that's fan friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. So we'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to cipher. On we'll that. have to cipher through to find another show name. But I thought that was, uh, as I said earlier, apropos. Yeah. Um, any other final thoughts, Dave? No, I think uh, she said we kind of went a little bit further than we normally do. But I think it was worth worth it. I think hope you all agree out there that it, it was worth talking to my friend, not just because he's my friend, but you know it's a pretty formidable. A father that he had and i just i just wanted to share some of that with all of you because as we were mentioning during the thing we we don't want to just be blabbering on about the same stuff all right. the time we'd like to bring in different people i think you may be bringing somebody in here pretty yeah. soon yourself and, and you know we, we want to be able to you know be a little bit more diverse in our content yeah. so uh and numero d's as they say in francais espanol and france and france d's uh, so hopefully uh, double digits, double digits, number, number X. So, um, thanks again, everybody. And hey, we uh, had another, uh, X, right? Super Bowl 10. Super Cowboys. Bowl. Yes, that's right? correct. Number, right. number two. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's been great, Dave. And, uh, hopefully everybody is, uh, enthusiastic about all, all of our topics. And, and as we always ask, please, please interact with us on, on, yep. on the different social media platforms. If you have thoughts and ideas and actually, I'll talk to you off air. I actually uh, was was uh, uh, I'm the president of a, uh, a local uh, school hockey club. Yes, and, you are. And, and, and Tough guy, <laughs> big man on campus. <laughs> oh, and one one of my coaches was telling me he's like, oh, I'm listening to that and like asking some questions. So we'll talk about that off off air. But okay. uh, you know, please interact with us and and, and reach out and, and and tell us what you think. And if you have ideas, I mean, hey, we'll steal them. <laughs> just send a drone over to my house and just with leaflets and just let, let us know. Yeah, with that, Dave, uh, I'm going to take us out. All right, buddy. All right, peace out. <laughs>